Welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Tony Guerra, pharmacist, publisher, and professional editor, bringing you interviews and advice on succeeding in your residency journey. You can sign up for the email list at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com to get your free LOI template or get editing help working one-on-one with me at residency.teachable.com. Let's get started with the show. Okay, it's not helpful. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Remember the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Um, as I'm helping people with their presentations, uh, I see a number of things that happen that are happening over and over again. Um, so this is uh, the Rockstar Residency Interview Prep. Uh, that Rockstar is actually a mnemonic uh, to help you remember exactly how to answer uh, interview questions. And uh, what I'm seeing over and over again uh, are three things that you can do to make your presentation a lot better. So in the, the course, um, you kind of go through a process. So the first thing is, how well do you match? So you want to compare yourself to other candidates, and you have the time to do this, where the more you know about the other candidates that are in your pool, the better you can figure out what your chances are based on where they went to school. So as you're kind of introducing yourselves and you're thinking about, okay, how am I gonna do this presentation and all that stuff, you should actually be doing the opposite, which is you should be also paying attention to who else is there. So is it a group of students from, you know, I don't know, like you know, UNC and Minnesota and you know, just schools that have extremely high match rates or are you seeing people from around the country or what's most likely is you're going to see people from a very regional uh, setup so it might sound something like this like um, hi I'm such and such I'm from Auburn hi I'm such and such I'm from Sanford hi I'm such and such I'm also from Sanford hi I'm such and such I'm from Auburn and you're like whoa okay everybody's from two schools or three schools and that's usually what happens it's, it's much more regional Um, in certain uh, residencies. So you want to make sure that you're not just taking notes on uh, what you know you need to say you're also kind of feeling out okay well what kind of pool of applicants did this particular site get so that you can analyze when it comes to ranking time all right well here's some place where I really have a chance like I, I can look at the percentages and I know exactly you know, how well that school matches, where you look at a different situation where, wow, they they really got people from all over. And, you know, you, you're starting to see, okay, well, that person was president, that person was vice president, that person was also president. So the big thing is, is like, how do you compare? Second piece is, how well do you clinically match? And so that means, you know, do your appies match to the residency you know, uh, I guess you would call them rotations, the, the, the rotations that they have. And if they do, then you're in good shape. If they don't, uh, you're in a little bit of trouble. Then we go into kind of the interview point system, um, how you know how many points you're going to get. And then <clears throat> I have a free preview if you wanted to see how the interview day goes. Uh, but it's a Zoom day, which is probably a half day. Is probably quite different than the old you go for a whole day 
Uh, but now that they have fewer applicants, um, they may be taking a fewer fewer applicants, maybe, um, but it's probably going to still be pretty busy. Uh, interview scoring, so how do you score the interview itself? The clinical presentation and the case, so this is a big mistake a lot of students make, is thinking, oh, the interview, interview. No, there's three pieces, interview, clinical, and case presentation, and what I help people with is that case presentation. Uh, so they send me their slides and I make uh, the adjustments. There is no time to, to give you a primer on how to do this. Uh, I basically went to PowerPoint PhD school, which is a PhD in uh, Rhetoric and Professional Communication, RP, uh, RPC, and uh, I just know what to fix. And then uh, this is the actual, okay, well, how do I answer those questions? And then if there's an essay that you get while you're there, okay, how do you answer those as well? Okay, but today what I wanna focus on are just three very specific things that you can do uh, to make a, a better presentation. And the first is to narrow your focus, okay? so. When you see, okay, I'm going to do diabetes. All right, nope. You got to narrow that. All right, I'm going to do this class of drugs. Nope, you got to narrow it. What you don't want to end up doing is teaching them something they already know. You may think that you're going to have a very uh, attentive and engaged group. That is false. Uh, you're going to have people coming in from lunch. Oh, hey, you know, the, the applicants are here. Okay, all right, well, let me just try to take a couple minutes to see who they are. Uh, so there's going to be interruptions. People are going to be coming in, coming out. And what you want to do is make sure that your focus is relatively narrow. So what you're saying is interesting. Uh, another thing to do is, and this isn't number two yet, but uh, to phrase it in the form of a question, so if you're phrasing some of your slides in the form of a question, immediately their brain becomes engaged even if they're not. So asking, okay, well, what would be the next step? Okay. And it might be a rhetorical question. You might be answering it all. But another mistake that students make is they don't engage the audience. They think they have to be a talking head. Uh, that's quite boring, actually. You want to engage them because you're also showing them how you would interact with their students. Uh, second piece is uh, the title in the slide should summarize the slide. When you're making the title, for whatever reason, you tend to make the title part of the slide. And I'm not talking about the title slide like your very first slide. I'm talking about the title on top of each individual slide. What you want to do is say what you're going to say here. So you don't want to just put one word or two words. You actually want to put four or five words on there that really articulate what's that slide about? Because when you do that, then they get oriented. The problem you have is you forget that you've been practicing that slide a bunch of times and that whole presentation a bunch of times. Uh, you haven't oriented your audience to what's going on. And the easiest way to do that is to make sure that the title of each slide is actually a reasonable summary of what that slide is. Okay. So are these bone marrow suppression labs, like patient has neutropenia, anemia, uh, thrombocytopenia, those types of things. Okay. The last thing is, I see this all the time, 
where you've been reading your slides on a desktop and they are in a room and you don't know how far away they're going to be. And so that whole idea of having seven at max lines on a slide, I might even have that to have three or four lines on a slide. You want really, really big text so that the person in the back can read it. You may have handouts, something like that as a backup, just in case. <laughs> Sometimes people will come into the VA with a you know jump drive or something like that, and they'll say, okay, well, can you put my uh, presentation in? No, they cannot. <laughs> you cannot put anything in a VA computer. Uh, it's just not gonna happen. So you're gonna email those ahead of time, make sure that you have printouts, uh, but the big thing is you really, really wanna uh, spread that out and you really really want to talk about fewer things maybe three at a time uh, at most because you're gonna remember the first thing you remember the last thing it's tough to remember the middle uh, so those three things narrow your focus to something that would be much more interesting and something they might not have heard of the title on the slide individual slides summarizes the slide and double busy slides so instead of putting eight topics or seven topics on one slide. One slide has four topics. The next topic has three. Always have the first one, if you have an odd number, have the greater number. The second one will have the smaller number. Okay. I've been doing this for, gosh, I, I did that PhD program about 10 years ago. So I've been doing these kinds of presentations and helping people with their presentations for so long. Uh, so easy to see what it is, but I need to see the slides and I need to see what's what's going on. So um, even if you don't use me in the, the Rockstar <clears throat> Residency interview course, do make sure that you have people watching your presentation from far away to make sure that they can see it because the easiest way to disengage your audience is that they can't actually read your slides or they can't see what you have there. And if you're explaining stuff, you're not presenting. So uh, just some easy, easy things uh, to fix. Uh, if you want to talk to me, tonythepharmacist.gmail.com and then residency.teachable.com for the courses. For listening to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, you might also like to check out our available residency audiobooks at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com forward slash books, where you can get your first book free if you've never been on Audible before, or work one-on-one -on -one with me as a professional editor at residency.teachable.com. Feel free to send an invite to connect with me, Tony PharmD, on LinkedIn, or email me at tonythepharmacist at gmail.com with questions. Music was by Policy.